Hey everybody, so I thought I'd make uh, another food podcast, how to cook vegetables. Vegetables, oh hell, even fruits, are really easy to cook, really easy to warm up. I mean, just touching them with a fork will tell you whether or not they're done. But having said that, I mean, if you want to make sure you get the right tenderness of squash or corn, just, you know, look it up. Look it up and say, uh, what is this? How long should I cook this vegetable? Um, a lot of vegetables are done within, within 10 minutes. Very few are cooked up to 15 minutes. It depends on how soft you want them to be. Obviously, if you're doing a crock pot, um, like a slow cook with uh, ribs or something else. I mean, you can leave the vegetables in there for longer. Potatoes, and potatoes, depending on how you cook them, can take anywhere from, uh, like if you choose to use a microwave, five minutes, uh, up to th- an hour, depending on the the temperature of where they're being cooked. Uh, that same thing goes for sweet potatoes and yams, although those tend to cook a little bit quicker in my experience. Obviously, if you dice up vegetables, they're done within five minutes. You know, the, the thicker the vegetable, the more area of the vegetable, uh, essentially the longer it takes to cook. I mean, that's basic physics of heat distribution. Having said that, I'm going to go over, uh, you know, some uh, more grilling tips and whatnot. And... Um, Don't forget, with a lot of vegetables, uh, you can't really grill them. You're going to have to put them in a pan, which you can put on the grill. I mean, technically that's grilling them. Um, God knows that uh, Romans used their grills and their ovens with pans and everything, because whatever gets the job done, gets the job done. Same thing with the Egyptians. Uh, So if people have been doing it for 8,000 years or 10,000 years, it works. And there's no sin against doing that. A lot of people say there's only one way to grill. Shit, man, or woman, whoever you are, um, humans have been doing it different ways for thousands of years. Whatever works, works. You know, it's all about how you feel you want to cook. And the end result is how it tastes and how you want it to taste. The end result is not the process you use, except for in determining how you want it to taste, right? So, so, uh, you know, there is one thing I forgot to talk about in regards to kebab. Uh, When you're cooking with vegetables, always make sure you put the tough end on the kebab. Uh, You know, like some people will put the kebab through, you know, let's say you create a little disc. The center of the disc is the soft part, the meaty part of, you know, like you're cutting zucchini. So you cut zucchini and you create these little circle discs. People will put it through the center of the disc. When it cooks, that kebab, the, the, that, that zucchini is going to fall right off the kebab because that's not really the tough part. The skin is the tough part. So when you're preparing vegetables for kebabs, Absolutely do not skin them. Please, just just don't skin them. I mean, unless they're like a tough vegetable, like a tuber, that will, ret- 
contain itself, you know, if you skin it. But even then, God, I mean, I love potato skins. You properly wash them off. Oh, hey, you know what? This may be intuitive. Don't use soap when you wash things off. Uh, use use things like fit. Um, my mom wants... Um, I love my mom. My mom once used Dawn to wash off a potato. And it was because she was so busy, she didn't think. she. Oh my God, I used Dawn on my potatoes. Uh, stuff like that happens. Mistakes happen. It's, it's, it's really funny. Um, just teasing my mom a little bit. We've all made mistakes uh, when cooking. Uh, mistakes are natural in cooking. So when you cook a kebab... Uh, you know, as I said before, depending on the heat, it could be done in five minutes, it could be done in ten minutes. If it's really low heat, maybe 15. You get a little smoky stuff on it and you, you have nice little seasoning on it. Um, <clears throat> corn. You know, corn can be cooked a couple different ways. In a frying pan, on a grill, um, uh, in uh, boiling water. Uh, corn, especially sweet corn, tends to be done in five minutes. You know, uh, you don't really want to cook it much more than that if you're cooking in high heat. Now, obviously, you can cook in low heat, especially if you have it in some sort of cream or milk. You could cook it in low meat for uh, any, any amount of time. You know, like let's say you're cooking low and slow in a crock pot with ribs. Now watch your corn, obviously, but slow and slow, uh, corn will turn really mushy the longer you cook it. But if you want the flavor, you can cook it in there as long as possible. Some people like really mushy corn, especially with cream corn, uh, especially if you're creating like almost a gravy sauce with the drippings from the meat uh, into the corn and you get the corn flavor into the meat. Um, obviously, when you cook corn on the cob, you can scrape it off. Uh, and have corn off the cob for uh, little ones or those with dentures, those who need it scraped off. Um, but when you when you scrape off corn, keep in mind, corn's really hot. So what people tend to do with corn, uh, they'll boil it a little bit, leave it in the warm water to keep it warm while the other food is being cooked, and then maybe bring it to a boil again or put it on the grill again, for about a minute, or put it in the smoker part of the grill. You know, and the smoker part of the grill is where it's not over the fire. And a lot you you can create your own smoking part of the grill by making sure the coals are off on one side of the grill, and there are no coals on the other. Um, when you grill, that's basically a tactic you need to learn. Uh, and it's not necessarily for smoking; it's for keeping things warm. So you cook things on the high heat end of the grill and you keep things warm on the other. Now, um, I had to take a short break, but I'm pretty sure I remember what I talked about before. <laughs> so, the next question is, how should you cook the vegetables? As in, um, what kind of pans to use, what kind of uh, utensils to use, etc., etc., etc. The cheapest way to cook anything on a grill is a disposable 
little aluminum foil pan. Cheapest way. I mean, you can buy those flat pans with holes in them. You can buy, you know, any number of special vegetable grill pans if you're grilling. But, uh, I mean, you can use, you know, the, the only thing you can't really use on a grill is a pan with like a rubber handle on it unless the rubber handle is turned outside of the grill because you don't want the handle to melt or get hot, right? If you're going to be closing the grill, you shouldn't be leaving like rubber anything or handled anything type of pan inside the grill unless it's like a metal handle or an aluminum uh, handle. Uh, you know, so cast iron. I mean, come on. Cast iron's been used on grills since cast iron existed. Now, cast iron is as wonderful as it has, is as painful to use. It usually has wonderful flavoring because it's iron. And, uh, you know, I just want to give you a history, a small history lesson here. People use cast iron because they knew it made them feel good. That's because cast iron has iron in it. Your body needs iron. And this is in an era before people had iron. That's why a lot of people ate red meat, because they needed the iron. Well, cast iron does the same thing. It, it will give you like little bits of iron in with whatever you cook in it. So if you're a vegetarian, you probably need a lot of iron in your diet. Now, granted, there are things like spinach and other stuff, but... You don't have to force yourself into those pigeonholes. There are other ways to get iron into your diet, like cooking vegetables on a cast iron anything, skillet or whatever. Uh, you will get some of that iron into your vegetables. Um, I mean, like squash and whatnot. Plus, uh, I do believe there's some squash that's heavy in iron, among other things. Now, what if you want your, your vegetables to have some little char marks to them. Well, make sure you get like a vegetable plate or a vegetable cover that has holes in it, but um, it are more is more or less kind of solid to make sure that the vegetables don't drip down into the grill. Now, uh, like I said, if you're cooking corn off the cob, obviously you're gonna need to put it in some sort of container, like a even if it's an old pie tin you have, you know, pie, hell, you new pie tin. You know, you can get five or ten aluminum pie tins for incredibly cheap. Who cares what you cook the food in, as long as you've got a vessel there to cook the food in. Know what I mean? Um, you know, I keep mentioning creamed corn because uh, my grandpa loved creamed corn. Well, you can put creamed corn on a grill if you've got a basin to hold it in. You can make gravy on the grill if you've got a little basin, you know. Plus, um, you know, I, I, making gravy on the grill will give you that nice grilled flavor, you know, not just from the beef, but also from the smoke from the grill as you're thickening up the gravy in your nice little pan uh, for everybody to have. You know, grilling is the most ancient way of cooking. And, uh, you know, I mention this all the time. And I think it's one of the funnest ways of cooking, you know? But you gotta keep your attention on it. And how do you know when something's done? When it smells right, when it looks right, and when it tastes right. Now, um, 
So I think I gave you the basics of cooking vegetables. You know, you cook them. The longer you cook them, the mushier you get. So beware of how you cook them. Uh, breaded vegetables will take a little bit longer than unbreaded vegetables. Um, I, th I think I've given you, like, all of the ideas. You know, obviously, if you're going to uh, baste them with, uh, with any sort of flavoring, like juice, same rules apply for vegetables as other things. Uh, granted, vegetables will cook up a little bit quicker, so you might want to thicken the juice up a little bit if you're going to put, like, orange juice on, you know, on vegetable kebab or something like that. You might want to thicken it up a little bit. Now, there are a couple ways to thicken it. One is artificially with cornstarch. And I always, I advise against that. If you just heat up, you know, put the juice in a little pan, put it on the grill, let it boil and heat up a little bit, it'll turn slowly into a syrup. And uh, with a syrup, you know, it's nice and thick. You get a, a thicker base to it when you use your brush or when you use your spoon to put it on and it will caramelize it will appear to caramelize a little bit quicker only because you've cooked it a little bit um, a little bit before putting it on uh, vegetables are wonderful to grill they're very simple to grill uh, you've got the seasonings that you want to use uh, you know I mean with me it's just as simple as uh, if I'm having a kebab um, I'm cracked pepper, you know, black pepper. Uh, I say cracked pepper, but it's, you know, like ground black pepper. Um, if, depending on the seasoning I want to have that on the meat, I may go ahead and go cumin, paprika, or maybe I'll just go straight up lemon pepper over the entire thing. You don't need to be fancy for it to be tasty and good. Uh, especially if you... Uh, know how to handle the meat. Now, you know, here's another suggestion. Lemon juice. Now, you don't have to go thick. You don't have to completely glaze it. You know, a lot of people go overboard with the glaze because they like a thick, tasty, syrupy, sugary. You really don't need to do that. In fact, you can make dipping sauce out of your favorite juice. You put it in the pan. You put it on the thing. You thicken it up. All of a sudden, it's a dipping sauce. You dip in it. Nice. Now, keep in mind, here, here's a big rule. Okay, so here's a big point. When you are cooking sauce or gravy, while it is hot, it is like twice as liquidy as when it cools down. Remember that. Um, I mean, I've made that mistake before. I think, oh, it's not thick enough. Oh, now it's perfectly thick. I take it off, and then it turns into a chunk of just pure sugar that you have to break off, right? So, when you thicken something, do not go overboard. When you see, oh, it looks like it's got a little tug, take it off, let it cool for a second, see if it's the right thickness. See, with, with juice, when you're making a syrup or a dipping sauce, you can always take it off and you can always put it back on. There's no harm in that. So take it off, let it cool, make sure it's the right thickness, make sure it's not too thick, make sure it doesn't turn into a block of sugar, okay? Very easy to do that with juices. Um, if they boil just a little bit, take it right off. Don't let them boil for too long. In fact, if you see a couple bubbles, take it right off.
Make sure that the thickness that you want has been maintained. Do not go for that hard sugar thing unless, well, you know, sometimes, sometimes it's a little treat to have like a little, uh, almost like a brittle, you know, orange brittle. You, you cook it enough, the, the sugar is solid. Just keep in mind, that's what happens with sugar. You know, that's what happens with sugar. And so when you're basting your vegetables, that can happen with your vegetables too. So, you know, like, don't put too much on. Um, it, put enough on that you get some flavor. In fact, sometimes, like when I, when I am cooking anything with lemon pepper, I also like squeeze a slice of lemon or get some lemon juice and just sprinkle it on. I don't need to cover it. It doesn't need to be like a thick paste. It doesn't need to be a thick syrup. It doesn't need to be a thick covering. Just like a little bit extra lemon. And then serve it with lemon in case people, you know, a couple extra lemon slices in case people want to put it on. Uh, keep in mind uh, things like uh, limeade and lemon juice. Fantastic, very sugary things to baste with. They've got a lot of sugar. They'll turn hard and thick real quick. Always keep mindful of that. And I'm going to repeat it again. Something that is hot is always more liquidy and flows a lot easier than something that is cooled down. And it's anywhere from two to three times as liquidy when it's hot. So keep that in mind. You know, um, uh, when I make sauces, uh, I'm taking them off the heat every five minutes. I maybe make them bubble a little bit, then take them off the heat, right? Now, obviously, some things, uh, some fruits, um, you know, like uh, pineapple or watermelon or strawberry or even grape, you know, juices from these fruits. They're very juicy, very watery. It might take a little bit, you know, when my grandma canned um, grape juice, I mean, she would have the thing boil for like 45 minutes to an hour before canning it. It it would get thick enough, uh, you know, so it was was a nice grape juice instead of just total water. Uh, But it was still very liquidy. You pour it out like any other grape juice you get in the store. So keep in mind all these things, every fruit is different. Every juice is different. The amount of sugar depends on how thick it will get and whether or not it can potentially turn into a brittle. And yeah, I mean, like, as I said, you can have an orange brittle. If you boil the orange juice down enough, it's the sugar starts caramelizing. You take it off. It solidifies. You got a, a little orange brittle there. Um, you know, that's basically how people discovered candy is by cooking sugar until it got hard, you know, it'd melt, and then, you know, anything with sugar in it, you know, that's, uh, they had all sorts of stuff in the ancient world. So I hope I've given you uh, guidelines on how to cook and how to season. Um, like, I, like I said, okay, my, my two favorite recipes, going to repeat them again. Um, you know, let's say I've got yellow squash, zucchini, uh, green squash um, uh, stacked in between 
uh, maybe some, maybe I'll have like a garlic clove, maybe, maybe not, uh, in between, uh, little pieces of meat, no more than, uh, no more than an inch cubed, no more, usually it's about maybe an inch long, maybe about a quarter to a half an inch wide, stick that in there, make sure that the kebab is properly greased up, and, um, Let's say I'm going lemon pepper. All I do is like sprinkle lemon pepper on it. And I don't mean over the grill. I sprinkle it over the prep area. Put that on there. As it cooks, squeeze some lemon or put a little lemon juice on it or maybe even a little lemonade on it. You know, just baste it a couple times. You don't need to go wild. Like two or three times at most if you want to baste. And one slice of lemon or three slices of lemon. That goes a long way. So you're wetting the lemon pepper a little bit. Make sure not to wash the lemon pepper off, okay? Make sure the lemon pepper's on there. You wash the lemon pepper off while you even season it. And then I take it off. Got a nice, fruity, lemony, a um, little bit salty because lemon pepper's a little bit salty and a little bit peppery. Sometimes I might put a little bit of uh, ground pepper on it. Uh, other other uh, things, if I'm going Cajun, I'll... You know, a little bit of paprika, a little bit of cumin, uh, some black pepper, maybe a little bit of salt, and uh, just kind of cook it that way. I, I would probably use a little bit more black pepper than any others. You know, cumin and paprika, they do have strong tastes. You don't need to over-season. Always remember, don't over-season, just a couple dashes. Maybe sprinkle it with your finger uh, over it as you turn the kebab around. So there's a nice bit of seasoning all around the kebab. And uh, cook it that way. Um, lime. You know, lime flavor. Oh, well, let's see. You put a little bit of salt on it, a little bit of ground pepper, and you sprinkle lime. And uh, I know that there are plenty of, of recipes out there for, like, lime-caked chicken, stuff like that. Sometimes, uh, uh, depending on your taste buds, lemon pepper and lime go pretty well together. And you get a nice little contrast of flavor. Um, don't cook the vegetables too long unless you're roasting them and you're going for that really soft, like carrots. You could cook carrots for an hour with your, um, or more with your, uh, uh, with your ribs in a slow cooker or wherever you happen to be cooking it. Onions, they can be cooked as long up to a point where you burn them. You don't want to have burned onions. They don't really taste very good, but cook them as long as they're in the juice. They will constantly boil and exchange juices. Wonderful flavors. Potatoes, cook them as long as you want them soft. Uh, and yeah, don't feel afraid to test your food while you're cooking it. You're the cook. You want to make sure it's done, especially if you're grilling. Uh, fire temperature. A lot of people can uh, regulate the fire uh, pretty pretty well. Other people say, to hell with it. Let me just play while, and let me just eyeball it. Let me have some fun. Uh, and uh, if you have some fun, fire may not be at a regular temperature the entire cook. But, uh, you know, it doesn't really matter as long as you're watching the food. Uh, squash, very soft. You overcook it, it just turns into mush, which can be a thing. I mean, you know, you can, you can like really cook squash. Here's another idea. Grilling chicken, grilling squash, grilling onions, grilling vegetables... And then putting them in a soup, or you know, putting them in a a a uh, pot, 
You create your chicken broth and your soup. You can literally grill chicken soup or any other soup. So I hope I've given you some wonderful ideas and some good guidelines and some ideas for seasonings. I gave you my recipes. Obviously, there are thousands of recipes out there. Um, you know, don't forget the tricks of like putting crushed pineapples over something or, uh, you know, mixing things together or keeping them separate. You know, that's the beauty of flavor. That's the beauty of cooking. Uh, when you're the cook, you're in charge. You can create wonderful things. So love you all. Take care. Eat healthy. Bye.